Our mindset or the way we think about things has a powerful influence on the kind of life we build. Today's guest, Ginny Coaches, is here to help us with cultivating a Catholic growth mindset. Welcome to Homeschooling Saints, the podcast that helps you create the homeschool you love for the people you love. Our host is Lisa Maladnik, a Catholic life coach, TV host, best-selling author, and an instructor at Homeschool Connections. Hello and welcome. I'm Lisa Maladnik, your host, and today's topic is cultivating a Catholic growth mindset. I'm delighted to welcome Ginny Coaches back to the show. Ginny Coaches is a Catholic wife and mom of three differently wired children. She founded the Not So Formulaic community to support Catholic moms raising out-of-the-box kids. Ginny believes God gives curious, creative, intense children the exact mother they need to thrive. You can find Ginny Coaches, her community, and her many original and recommended resources at www.notsoformulaic.com. That's in the show notes. But formulaic is F-O-R-M-U-L-A-I-C, so notsoformulaic.com. Hey, Ginny, it's great to have you back. Hi, thanks so much for having me again. It's always good to talk to you. Yeah, thanks so much. Um, Let's just start out of the gate by defining terms so we all start on the kind of an even playing field. There's a lot of jargon out there these days about mindset. What do we mean by a growth mindset? So the term growth mindset was actually coined by a researcher uh, named Carol Dweck in around 2005. So it's been it's been kind of on the scene for about 16 years or so. Um, And she her What she noticed in her research is that um, because she was in elementary school classrooms during observations trying to see like why some children tended to be more successful in the classroom than others. Um, And what she found is that children who saw obstacles and challenges as opportunity tended to do better in the classroom and um, basically, you know, essentially just in their life experiences than children who kind of shied away from taking risks, um, who took um, struggles and and difficulties to heart and just sort of shut down. And it, it makes sense. I mean, you know, life is not easy. You know, God never promised it would be easy. (laughs) So, you know, we have these, um, you know, these setbacks and these struggles and, you know, while it's, it's tempting, you know, to kind of shut down what a growth mindset is, is when we take those obstacles and challenges and use them as stepping stones. So um, instead of having what is called a fixed mindset, which is just that I can't change. This is the way I am. I am not good at X, Y, Z. Um, that's just not my thing. Instead, it's changing the way you think to more of a broader, um, okay, I don't know how to do this yet, but I can learn. Or um, gosh, that didn't go very well the first time. I'm gonna try again and learn from what didn't go right the first time. Um, So, you know, growth mindset is where you look at obstacles as opportunity. Uh, Fixed mindset is where you allow obstacles to slow your momentum. Um, and keep you from moving forward. So, wow, that's so powerful. And, and so, and when we're working with our children, it's important to help them to notice, like, what are they thinking about things? You know, any of us who have had therapy um, have, (laughs) have heard of the cognitive behavioral approach where thoughts lead to feelings and feelings lead to actions. So if we take the initiative to just steer our thoughts a little differently in a God-centered way, 
that ripple effect profoundly changes our lives over time. Yeah, it's very much a, an aspect of metacognition, you know, thinking about what you're thinking about. Um, and I think, you know, especially with kids and, and with us, really, even with me, I have to be very careful because I tend toward perfectionism. I do have anxiety. I do have depression. Um, you know, I, I struggle with imposter syndrome, thinking that I'm not that I'm actually a fraud, you know, even now, as I'm talking to you, I'm thinking there's this little voice in my head. That's like, everyone is going to see right through you. you know? <laughs> um, How so, dare you try to help people? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, you know, there, I, you have to be really careful because, you know, we say things without really even thinking about it. And you begin to see those patterns reflected back in, in your children. So, you know, that's why I think why it's very important, you know, to help them be aware of the thoughts that they're having and to kind of put those desolations um, in their place. Mm. So, oh, what yeah. a great word, putting those desolations in their place. <laughs> That's such a good thing. It's in the spiritual life. We can see we could we could go down a rabbit hole here that might be very appropriate, but about the spiritual warfare that we face right. too when we try to grow. So step us into the Catholic part. How is that even better than just a general growth mindset? Well, one of the ways I describe this, or I'd like to talk about it is thinking about, you know, when you get a box of donuts from the store, okay, and you, you know, you have the ones with the holes in them, like the normal donuts, and then you get the ones that are filled, like with Boston cream or jelly or something. Uh -huh. So, you know, it, it's like, yeah. So secular growth mindset is like a, a Boston cream donut, right? So you pick it up, and you take a bite in it. And at first, all you get is the dough. And then you take another bite, and there's still just dough. And then by the time you're halfway through the donut, there's no filling, like there's nothing substantial in there. You were expecting something more. And I, when I first heard about growth mindset, um, you know, I, I kind of felt that way about it. I was like, you know, this is good, but something's not right. You know, it, it didn't, it felt a little empty. Um, and I think the thing about secular culture is that, you know, all of us, the human heart longs for God. So what ends up happening is that we end up dancing around the reality um, of, you know, what, what our hearts are really desiring. Um, and so, you know, I think secular culture tries to approximate it as often as they can. And, you know, the secular growth mindset approach, I think is one way that it's approximating it, because when you look at it from a Catholic perspective, then you get the cream filling inside the donut. Okay. You get the good stuff. It's really in there because, you know, whereas a secular growth mindset teaches, you know, kids, especially that, you know, you can do anything. A Catholic growth mindset focuses on the fact that you can do anything through Christ. And it's not that it's not, you know, it's not that your child can become or do anything. It's that your child can become the fullness of himself when your child discerns God's will and follows that. Um, so when when you approach it from a Catholic perspective, you can pull in the virtues you can pull in the works of mercy and you begin to see how, um, you know, like prudence, the ability to discern right from wrong, um, fortitude, you know, the, it's basically courage and perseverance, um, you know, charity, doing um, good for other people, even when it's hard or it's not what you want to do. You know, all of these things um, that we have in the beauty of our Catholic faith help us to develop that sort of a growth mindset. Whereas, you know, yes, things are hard and, and even redemptive suffering, suffering like, Things are hard, um, but our suffering and the, the struggle that we have is not meaningless. And I think that that specifically is really valuable, especially for kids who are differently wired. Um, because I think about, you know, my oldest um, is a high functioning autistic 
which she's one of those kids where, you know, if you don't know, you wouldn't know, but she knows, and, you know, partially because <laughs> she is so, um, you know, she is so aware, she's very self-aware, um, and it makes it hard for her, I think, on a, just a basic level to say, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a teen girl, and I'm different, um, and it's not easy, and so, you know, I want her to know that that experience is not in vain, that there is something that God is doing, is going to, you know, because God makes all things new and beautiful. So, you know, her, her struggle, you know, her, when she struggles with, um, you know, being in social situations, not because she doesn't like people, but because she worries about, you know, is she going to info dump too much? Are they going to get tired of listening to her talk about what she wants to talk about? You know, that's, it's helping her in ways that she might not readily recognize. Um, you know, and so I, I think the value of redemptive suffering and the value of, you know, the works of mercy where, um, you know, in the corporal works of mercy, where we are actually out actively doing hard things for the sake of others, you know, it, it um, it's like the virtue of justice, you know, we are doing what is due our neighbor because of their dignity as, as a child of God. So, um, you know, when you give up, if you're in a group setting, um, and you decide that the project that you're working on is too hard, and you say, I'm just going to quit, or like if you're on a team, and it's not, it's not going the way you want, if you quit, you know, you're not giving your team members or your group members, um, the, the things that they're due as, you know, as part of their dignity. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I started rambling there, but, <laughs> but that is essentially, I think that's the essence of what, what the difference is to me is that it's rooting it in, um, Christ and where we're all supposed to be. Um, so that it's not a, it's, it's not a material grab. It's more of a, you know, becoming fully alive. So. Yeah, yeah. And everything you just described is how the church teaches us to see the opportunity and the challenge. And right. yet the secular society just sees the challenge as getting that project in on time or, you know, thinking big to be big. Right. We, we step into a vision that is way too big for us when we grab the hand of God and say yes. Right. Um, and we can be humble and bold at the same time. We can see those challenges as opportunities to grow in the virtues, to be more of what we are meant to image as mm -hmm. made in the image and likeness of God. So everything that you said just made perfect sense. I didn't think that was rambling at all. Okay, good. <laughs> there's, there's my fixed mindset coming through. See, it's, oh, like there you constant, go. it's a constant battle. You know, you really do have to. <laughs> yeah, you have to be on it all the time. Yeah, so. well, I mean, when you're somebody who delights in learning too, just to come back to this, you encountering your own mindset or me, mine, um, yeah. people who are natural learners, who love to research and share those little jewels to help another person, mm -hmm. yeah, we can start to worry that we're over talking or that we've gone down a fascinating rabbit hole, but I feel like God takes care of it. If we're concerned about each other and we're motivated to serve him in what we do, we end up in the right place, don't we? Yeah, we do, yeah. And and that is, you know, that's part of it is, you know, not not focusing on, well, I mean, yes, it's going to be uncomfortable. Um, you know, life isn't, like I said earlier, life is not easy. And and that's why, you know, I think about that quote um, from Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, where he says, you were not made for comfort, you were made for greatness. Not greatness in the sense that the world defines it, but, you know, greatness in the sense that we are, you know, that we are children of God. Um, you know, and that we are his hands and feet here on earth. So um, it's, it's not easy. And it feels hard. Um, but, but yeah, you know, I, I think there, there is such immense value um, behind that, you know, behind navigating through it and, and becoming who you are.
Mm, yeah. Yeah. And every one of those challenges, I remember Peter Kreft once said, I interviewed him long ago. He said that life, our lives were like a spiritual gymnasium and you don't yeah. go to a gymnasium to lay around your work. And so right. it doesn't mean that right. we never rest or we're not going to give our muscles a chance to right. get reoxygenated <laughs> before the next set or whatever, but we are there to work and get stronger. Um, no, what are, yeah. So what are some typical mindsets that keep us from as Catholics and as human beings from being oriented to growth. You mentioned that that sense that, you know, this is just me, this is all I can do. What right. else is typical? You know, I, I think there's a lot. Um, I think there's the, the trap of comparison where we begin to say, um, you know, I don't have what that person has. Um, I don't have the ability to offer that. No one is going to listen to me. Um, you know, a, a lot of it really does go back to desolations. You know, those thoughts that we have, you know, where we say things like, um, well, I just wasn't, I wasn't meant to do that. I wasn't, um, it, it's not something that I am capable of doing. And, and it's, you know, it, it is true in some senses that, you know, there are things that we are, we are not necessarily suited for. Um, but I think it's a slippery slope because you begin then to say, well, if I can't do that, then what can I do? I'm worthless, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so you have to be really careful of that. Um, I know from my own perspective, um, I really have a hard time with change, with doing things differently. Um, I'm very, you know, I've always been that way. In fact, when I was three years old, I locked myself, my parents were trying to trade their car in and I locked myself in the car with the keys and sat on the center console and just kept saying, no, you, you, you can't take my car. You can't take my car. Well, they like to tell that story. Um, <laughs> I don't enjoy, <laughs> but I, but still as an adult, I really am hesitant to change. It, it makes it, you know, it, it makes life very difficult. Um, you know, having new children or having my, my children, um, you know, I, I really felt like, gosh, I can't, I can't handle this. I can't do this. This is out of my, my realm of, um, comfort. Um, you know, just being able to step out and do something that maybe doesn't feel like what you're used to doing. Um, you know, and I think when we talk about Catholicism that comes into play with evangelism, you know, spreading, um, the truth, you know, well, gosh, I don't usually do that. I'm not really comfortable with that. I think I'm going to be quiet, but you know, as we've, as we've seen more and more, you know, the, the more we are quiet, uh, the more things fall apart. So, you know, you, um, I, you know, I, resistance to change, um, comparison, um, imposter syndrome. Um, I think perfectionism in a way, um, can be a mindset, but that can also be related to anxiety. So I, you know, and, and because I'm in a family with lots of, um, lots of individuals who are differently wired, you know, I, I don't like to relegate and say, well, you know, you can cure your depression or your anxiety just by changing the way you think. Like, that's not really, um, that's not my, my perspective on things, but, um, I think it can become a mindset when, you know, even if you're getting in, like for me, for example, I am in treatment for my anxiety and my depression, um, talk therapy, medication. Um, but still it's become like a habit, <laughs> you know, even when I'm not feeling it inside, um, you know, the thought is still there. It's because my brain has created those, you know, those neural pathways that are just used to the same responses over and over again. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think those are some solid ones uh, that people can get stuck in. 
Yeah, absolutely. We can be stuck in a story that we create that gives us a context for our lives. And some of that story is really useful. Where do I come from? What do we believe? Where have we been? Where are we going? That's all really valuable stuff. But sometimes the story takes over and it, right. and it gets too loud a voice. And I also want to just touch on the idea of imposter syndrome. It's very typical of highly gifted people to suffer from imposter syndrome. It's, it's like the highest percentages in that category. Um, mm -hmm. They're really sensitive people. They question themselves a lot. They're maybe a little too self-analytical in the sense of too analytical, meaning that it can just be like this racehorse that wants to run, you know, just overanalyzing. Exactly. It's, a, it's a power in, their, in the gifted brain. And yeah. so just having touchstones, you know, for, you know, however it is we learn to manage that. Um, some right. people will keep a success list and just reflect on that prayerfully mm -hmm. and gratefully. Yeah, that mm -hmm. was scary and that was difficult, but, we, but I came through that. I was right. able to do that and now I can yeah. do this too. Um, yeah, so there's really neat uh, strategies. What are some other ways that we can make that shift out of uh, a mindset that's holding us back? Well, I think, you know, practicing, there's always the, the, the standby of, you know, say this, not that. So, you know, replacing your um, standard negative self-talk with a healthier, better alternative. Um, you know, so I, there, there are lots of different ones. Um, you know, I have a couple of resources on my website that have different options, you know, things say this, not that, um, that you can use. I think also, um, one of the things I learned from him while I was in therapy, actually, um, I have a dip, I have trouble with avoidance, you know, and behavioral activation. Like I get so stuck in my, like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this, that I put things off like things that I really should you know, give attention to. Um, so one of the things I learned was to break even things that seem like very small tasks into even more manageable chunks. Um, so, you know, making doctor's appointments. I have a really hard time with that. Um, this isn't necessarily a mindset issue. It's more a part of my anxiety. But just to give you an example, you know, I have a hard time calling on the phone and making appointments. So like writing it on my calendar and picking a time for it, then, you know, um, looking up the number and putting the number next to the, you know, just breaking it. Uh -huh. small yeah. um, so that will help also. Um, I have lots of different, um, you know, different activities and um, things that will help even just, um reviewing, looking at the, the value of the things that you have accomplished in the past, you know, where you talked about having a list of um, your accomplishments, just as proof and as a reminder of, you know, yes, I, I can actually do these things. I have done these things um, and I can continue to do these things. But also, you know, delving into scripture, I think really helps. There are so many passages in scripture, um, you know, uh, Psalm, I think it's, is it 139? You know, are we are um, wonderfully made. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, again, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, you know, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, um, plans to give you hope in a future. Um, and also just setting aside time for prayer. Um, you know, I, I have, I, I think my general approach on life has improved um, since I started using, well, you know, everybody, a lot of people use the Hello app, um, but just, you know, having dedicated time for prayer, even if it's just five or 10 minutes, um, that's structured, you know, because I, yes, I pray all day, um, just kind of in the back of my mind, but being in a place where it's just 
that's all I'm doing. Um, you know, that kind of opens the doorway, I think, to more of those consolations um, than um, perhaps we get if we're just kind of flitting through the day um, in a hurry. So. Yeah. And I heard somebody say recently that if we just look at the gospel for the day every day, even if we can't get to mass, mm -hmm. just do like a quick Lexio, like, Lord, what are you saying to me today? And yes. uh, just take a little moment to just draw something from the well can really mm -hmm. gradually over time start to shift us into more of a Christ centered uh, mindset. Uh, sure. yeah. Like you said, just the little things, the little shifts or breaking things mm -hmm. down into steps so we're not so overwhelmed. And and there's yeah. so much anxiety in the world today. It's not at all surprising. Yeah. A lot of people are suffering. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think giving, it's kind of like making that personal bubble of peace <laughs> yes. um, and, and safety, you know, even when the world outside just kind of feels like it's falling apart. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so interesting to think about setting our minds that St. Paul said on all that is good and noble and true mm -hmm. and be transformed by the renewal of your mind. There's a lot in there about how yeah. we think and where we choose to focus our attention. I love mm -hmm. thinking of St. Peter walking across the water until he diverts his attention to the waves and focuses mm -hmm. on fear. And then he starts to sink, mm -hmm. but Whoosh. wisely reaches for Christ just as he reached for Christ after he denied him, like always yeah. just reaching for Christ because we're all going to fall and we're all going to have our the that sinking feeling from time to time um yeah. as as we shift our into a catholic growth mindset with our eyes on virtue our eyes on christ on that gradual transformation um in god making all things new as you said what would you say are some of the typical fruits i think peace you know first and foremost that is um that's been the biggest one i've noticed in my family um, is just being at peace, feeling the peace of Christ, um, feeling just content with where you are um, and, and what you've done. Um, and I think also, you know, I think that there's a quote from Irma Bombeck. Um, she, she said, there's something to the effect of at the end of my life, you know, when I stand before God, I want to be able to say, you know, here, I, I used everything you gave me, you know, and, and that's, I think another fruit is being able to use everything God gives us because he does, he fills us full, you know, individually, uniquely, um, with so many wonderful things. Um, and yet there are so many forces that try, I think, to keep us from, um, using those gifts and those talents, you know, that, that want us to sort of hide all of that, you know, to reference scripture again, you know, under a basket. Um, and that's not what we're meant to do. You know, um, we're meant to, to let that shine and to be the people um, he's created us to be. Um, so I think, you know, accomplishments in that sense um, is another fruit. So peace, accomplishment. Um, I think a stronger relationship with, um, with the people in your life, you know, your family and your friends also, but, you know, primarily with Christ, um, having that connection there and, and recognizing that, you know, yes, he created you specifically, like out of all the people on the face of this planet, you know, and all the animals and the plants, everything, he decided he wanted you. Um, and and he, he made you exactly the way that you are. And, and that's a huge, huge thing. Um, because there are, I mean, there's so many people and creation is huge. Um, and but but we as individuals weren't random, we were wanted um, and desired by God. Um, so, you know, those are the three that I think stand out the most to me. And, and there's also smaller ones like, you know, just 
being able to um, get things done, you know, (laughs) 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 to do what you, and I don't know that those are necessarily related to just, you know, a Catholic growth mindset, but being able to do things in the, in the sense that you are, um, you know, doing them for the right reason, I think, Um, you know, you're, you're not doing them to reach the highest of heights, as far as the material world um, defines it, but, you know, you're, you're doing things out of a love of God, out of um, the love of your neighbor, Um, your heart is in the right place for the actions that you take and the decisions that you make, so. Yeah, I'm reminded of, I think it's Second Timothy 1.7. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, anyone out there with a Bible right now. It might be First <laughs> Timothy, but it's uh, chapter 1, verse 7, where St. Paul says that we are not meant to have a spirit of cowardice, but of, um, what does it say, boldness, a spirit of power and love and self-control. And so that self-control comes out of what you've been touching on throughout, which is self-knowledge, that awareness of yourself, um, managing the beautiful gifts you've been given and just, you know, keeping our eyes on Christ. I love the peace. Uh, I love the accomplishment, the growing closer to God. Uh, so that confidence, that holy boldness that comes out mm-hmm. of a healthy humility. I can do all things in Christ, as you said, Philippians 4.13, another one of my favorites. We yeah. seem to have a lot of the same favorites. We do. Um, yeah. So any other stories, examples uh, that you'd like to leave us with, Jenny, of what is the power of just the shift of the way we think? I think that there's so much static, you know, in the world, especially today, um, you know, with social media, with, um, you know, instantaneous news. Um, it's, it's really easy to get bogged down um, on top of the, the, our own internal devices that kind of seek to um, bog us down initially. Um, you know, and, and I think that once you are able to break through the static, um, you can hear God's voice so much clearly or so much more clearly, you know, it, it's like, um, on a, you're talking to somebody and the signal on your cell phone isn't good. And then you get to this point where finally, you know, there's, there's no more, um, there's no more static. There's no more, there's nothing getting in the way of hearing God's voice in your life. Um, you know, that doesn't mean that, you know, all that it's going to be a consistent conversation because it's always, you know, I think about mother Teresa who really struggled, um, to hear his voice in her life. Um, you know, but, but there is a sense of, um, rightness and, um, that, that things are as they should be once you are able to make that shift. Um, and you just, you really can focus on um, being who you are and becoming more fully alive in God. So. Mm. Yeah. And Jenny, would you take us out with just any thoughts you have for moms and dads when you're looking at your kids and they're all different and some are really sensitive and some you have to kind of, you know, ground because they're, you know, in a way to focus, you know, like they, they all have their different challenges and struggles. How can we set an environment for our children that helps to build that Catholic growth mindset? Like what can we do? What kinds of things can we say or do or be around our children? Let's, let's end on that note of just empowering parents. Sure, I think modeling um, first and foremost, you know, being open with them about the way you handle your own challenges, um, you know, being open about your own 
um, experiences with suffering, but not just, you know, yes, I'm suffering, I'm miserable, but the fruits that came out of that too. Um, you know, so helping them to see that, you know, yeah, my mom went through some really hard times, but you know, she learned this about herself and, and obviously it would be age appropriate. So, you know, you're not going to be, um, telling the same thing or, or modeling the same thing to a three or four year old that you would to some, you know, to a child who's 13 or 14. Um, but I think, you know, we, our words matter and our, um, our actions matter too. And so it, it, it does feel like, gosh, it's a huge, huge responsibility. Um, but you know, parenting is a huge responsibility. <laughs> so I think, you know, the more, the more you open the community, the lines of communication, the more you, um, let them see that you're a real person, you know, and that, that you have been there too. Um, I think that, I think that's really helpful. Yeah. And that takes a, again, a healthy humility, doesn't it? To let the kids yes. see that we struggle too. Everybody yeah. find Ginny Coaches at notsoformulaic.com. I will also include links to her two previous episodes with us, uh, building executive function skills and moms and kids and also homeschooling kids who are wired differently. And so many resources and great community at her website. Again, that's notsoformulaic.com. Ginny, thank you so much. It's always so good to talk with you. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Don't go away. We have our short feature coming right up. Hi, everyone. I'm Chantal Howard with another episode of From Ideal to Real. I'm so excited to be here with you in this new year. And I know that for many, getting the engines moving again, the commitment back in place, the enthusiasm of our children back up to where it needs to be so that we can actualize transformation in their lives, it can be kind of a, a tug of war. But at the same time, I know that with a new year, if I can model for them new habits and commitments and efforts and planning and organizing and structure, that they too can step into that and begin to get excited and catch the catch the wave. Today I want to talk about in particular having the courage to explore what it looks like within your homeschool if one or the other of you as parents have to take the lead. Now traditionally of course moms are the homeschooling mothers and we've always kind of just assumed that that is the the way it needs to be but there are so many circumstances in today's world where work demands or even callings in the hearts of women are are asking them to step into the workplace or to work from home in a more uh, dominant role. And so I just want to give you a little uh, encouragement. If that feels like maybe there's some, some disgruntled struggle there where you feel a little bit of guilt about perhaps surrendering more of a lead role in your homeschool, and allowing your spouse to step in instead. The reason that this is um, so fresh on my heart is because this is an emerging reality for me right now. I ha have an opportunity to pursue full-time work from home, to still be engaged with my children, of course, and to be active in the role of support and leader and spiritual mother. But my husband is actually taking the, the, the charge with homeschooling. And so we have been through this tug of war over the last couple of months as we've come to grips with the fact that that's where the Lord is calling him to be. So perhaps some of you are dealing with that same struggle. And one of the things that gave me peace was just going back to the Catechism of the Catholic Church and reflecting 
on my role, our role as parents, as the primary educators. And so I just want to share this with you as a source of hopefully uh, inspiration, whether this is your particular discernment or not, this can help contextualize your mission within the context of your homeschooling as a Catholic family. So paragraph 2223, parents have the first responsibility for the education of their children. Note that it doesn't say moms, <laughs> it's parents. Together, you get to decide. <clears throat> and they, meaning the parents, bear witness to this responsibility first by creating a home where tenderness, forgiveness, respect, fidelity, and disinterested service are the rule. And for my husband and I, we've both had to explore that. What does it look like if he's in that role and I am serving in a different capacity? The home is well-suited for education in the virtues. This requires an apprenticeship in self-denial, sound judgment, and self-mastery, the preconditions of all true freedom. This is such an inspiring phrase <laughs> because what it really represents in my own life is that as I am stepping into a certain role of self-denial, choosing what is prudent for my family, and actualizing self-mastery in my own life and in my own work, putting boundaries around my role as, as a woman of in the workplace, I can actually still create that environment where my children can thrive and I can still fulfill my vocation fully. So I, I just think this is such an important thing. And of course, the preconditions for all true freedom, self-denial, sound judgment, and self-mastery. Parents should teach their children to subordinate the material and instructional dimensions to interior and spiritual ones. This is so important for us to remember as we begin our new year. Yes, the academics are important. Yes, it's important that we're teaching them life skills, that we're teaching our families how to manage our money well. But of course, in all things, our interior and our spiritual formation of our children is superior. And this is one of the reasons why I love the fact that my husband has been able to take a more active role in our homeschool because he, being a theologian and loving, uh, just a lover of prayer and of Our Lady, leads our children every single day in prayer, even as I'm going off to work. And so I have every confidence that that particular mission is being accomplished. Parents have a general responsibility to give good example to their children by knowing how to acknowledge their own failings to their children, parents will better will be better able to guide and correct them. This is such a powerful reminder to us as parents as we begin the new year, to begin with mercy, forgiveness, and celebration around the grace that the word made flesh has come to bring us as parents and as children. So I hope this is a helpful reflection. Primarily, I just think it's all, it's worthy that we marinate in this, in this particular text this week as we set our goals for 2022 and as we look at what it is that God is asking each one of us as parents to embrace and to remember that it is a work of both. It is a work of husband and wife together. So if you haven't taken time as a couple to discern your particular roles in your homeschool, I hope that this is the catalyst that will inspire you to sit down and chew on that a little bit. And you may be surprised what God calls you to, and to remember that it's okay if it doesn't look like the stereotypes that we've imagined, but the key, the key 
is to make sure that this particular guiding text is at the heart of what we're creating in our homeschool environments. This is the recipe for success, my friends. So paragraph catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 2223. I hope that this is a source of inspiration to you all. And until next time, happy new year and may the Lord bless you and keep you and help encourage and foster in you a true spirit of freedom and enthusiasm around your homeschooling this new year. God bless. That's our show for today. Our program is sponsored by homeschoolconnections.com, where you can get online courses for your grade school, middle school, and high school student. Learn from the experts and make your homeschooling easier. Be sure to leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. And we'll see you next time here on the Homeschooling Saints podcast.